but to think soberly. And that word soberly there, it, it's, it's, it's rooted in the words that's translated into our English word salvations. Uh, our word salvation, or, or to be saved, and it's the word sozo, or soteria, soterion. So when he says to think soberly, he's saying to think in alignment with your salvation, the salvation that you've received, or to be salvation-minded. Now that doesn't just mean like salvation-minded Obviously, we need to be salvation-minded where other people who have not been born again are concerned. But he's talking about you as an individual um, having a mindset that's based upon what happened to you when you were born again as opposed to the person you were before that experience. So think soberly, salvation-mindedly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Now, again, if this is an odd way of delivering this message this morning, just know that I'm doing this in honor of all the moms who are present, and for that matter, all the moms-to-be who are present. Praise God. We've been talking over the last few weeks about the reality that we are the body of Christ. Notice he says that we are the body of Christ, and you know, we are individually members of the body of Christ, and then we are individually members of one another. And that it's very important for us to understand ourselves through that connection, through those bonds, through that relationship. One of the things that the enemy tries to do uh, to all of us is to separate us and to isolate us and to make us feel alone to make us feel like nobody else understands us, that we're just kind of out there, you know, dangling in the breeze with, with no support. And, and, um, and that is, first of all, not true if you're a member of the body of Christ. But also, we know that it is not how God created us to live or how He designed us, to use a word from the passage, to function. Amen. And so, as we understand this more and more, some of the things that I want to just point out to and honor our mothers for, is that when we look at a human body, and the human body is something that the scriptures point to for us to be able to understand what it means to be the body of Christ. And so my individual human body is made up of many members. I have a hand, I have a knee, I have a foot, I have a shoulder, right? And, and so, you know, we think in terms of the face of a person, and a lot of times when you talk to someone, you communicate, you look at them in the eye or look at them in the face. Um, but there's more to a human body than a hand. There's more to a human body than, than a hip or a knee. Um, and, and yet all these things are not only important that I've mentioned already, but we also see that the things I've mentioned up until this point are the parts of us that are visible. The parts of us that are visible, Okay. Well, we're not going to go into it all in a great detail. Unless we get there, I don't think we'll get there this morning. But let me just, if I could, to the moms. Again, I'm still talking to all of us, but specifically to the moms. Is that we see that there, there are hidden parts. There are hidden parts of us that maybe go unnoticed or unrecognized, yet serve such a tremendous, valuable, uh, you know, role and, 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 and function or purpose in our lives that we don't maybe think about every day. Or let me say it another way. We sometimes take those hidden parts for granted. Amen. And I had the opportunity to speak at a, at a dear friend's um, 
Some of you know this lady, Sister Leslie Freeman. She's been with the foundry for 18 years, and, and, uh, and she has actually accepted another assignment within the body of Christ. And so we had a, I guess, going away celebration for her on Friday, and I had the opportunity to speak of that. And um, in those comments, I, I referred to a passage out of 2 Kings chapter 13. And in 2 Kings chapter 13, Elisha the prophet asked the king to take a handful of arrows like you would shoot from a bow and use those arrows to strike the ground. And in that story, that king only struck the ground three times. And then Elisha became very angry with him and he said, you should have struck the ground at least five or six times. So if he struck the ground three times, should have struck the ground six times, what we have here is a half-hearted effort. A half-hearted effort. He said this to him. The prophet said this to him. He said, because you only struck the ground three times and not six times, you will only defeat your, your enemy Syria three times. But if you had struck the ground six times, it would have been enough for you to, in the future, completely remove Syria from Israel's history as an enemy. Can somebody say do-over, right? In other words, but the point being is this, and hear me please, everyone, but especially the moms. What we have here is a testimony to what I call behind-the-scenes diligence. In other words, this king wasn't on a white horse. This king wasn't being cheered on by his, his many subjects. This was a king in the bedroom of a dying prophet when nobody else was looking, when nobody else around was there to give him honor or accolades for his performance. It's often said that character is who you are and what you do when no one's watching, right? No one was watching. It was just him and the prophet, and he phoned it in. He did not have the same kind of intensity, the same kind of diligence, the same kind of tenacity that he should have had behind closed doors that he would have more than likely had if other people were watching him. So what in the world does this have to do with moms? Am I the only one in this room who's thankful for behind-the-scenes diligence from a mother? Things that moms do when nobody else is watching things that moms take care of that nobody else maybe even notices. It's kind of like an internal organ in your body that you don't think about unless you ever was to have a problem with that internal organ, right? It's behind the scenes, diligently doing its job, day in and day out, giving life, giving support, giving the opportunity for the parts that are more visible, for the parts that are, are more noticeable to do what it is that they've been called to do. So much of what mothers do in our world today, they do behind the scenes. That's why I think, again, a day to honor them is such an important day. When Paul explains this in greater detail in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll get there, if not this morning, at another time, um, he said that there are parts of our body that we give greater honor to. And there are other parts that, because they're not visible, because they operate behind the scenes, or because they exist underneath our clothing, that we sometimes make the mistake of considering those parts to be less than. Because they're not noticeable, because they're not visible, somehow in the way our flesh works, in the way our minds work, we think less noticeable, less visible, somehow lesser or less important. And I think the, the same can be true sometimes of the jobs that our mothers do for us and the, and the things that they have blessed us with. Amen? Am I the only one who's benefited from the prayers of a, of a praying mother, right? Sometimes on Mother's Day, Matt sings a song, and it's a song. He didn't write it, but he could have written it because there was a very poignant moment in his life 
when um, he overheard or witnessed our mother praying for him and us, right? When he didn't know she was watching, she was, thought she was praying in private behind the scenes. Again, doing her job behind the scenes. And so, again, the principle here is behind the scenes diligence is what creates opportunities for future success and victory. Amen. And, and again, we all need to learn from this. That's why I said that we're all speaking, I'm speaking to everyone, but to give a shout out and accolades to our moms. Also, if you'll notice, it said that not all members have the same function based upon the specific place and role God created you to fill, and that these things are ultimately determined by grace. The next verse in Romans chapter 12 um, is uh, verse number six. It says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. And then he goes into a, a long list of things. And it's not an exhaustive list. In other words, there are other gifts and other graces that people possess. Amen. Things that you're good at, things that you're gifted in, that the person sitting next to you, behind you, or in front of you may not necessarily be good at or gifted in. But you'll be good at, gifted, graced in an area that, that they're not in. And that's the, the, the differing gifts and the differing roles, which ultimately mean the different functions. Amen. So I want to say to all of the single moms this morning that... Thank God you have been given the grace to perform two roles. The, the, the gift, the grace to be both mother and father. And my hat's off to you. You are some of the heroes that I admire most in life. Single moms who raise children to the best of their ability. But now again, to all the moms, you were created as you are by God. And He is the one who graces you. This word uh, gift here is the word charisma. Amen. And anytime you put ma at the end of a Greek word, it's talking about the result or the effect of. And of course we have the word grace here, which is the word charis. Charis and charisma. Amen. So what he's saying here is that because of God's unmerited favor upon your life, His charis, His grace, that He has gifted you charisma to do what it is that He put you on this earth to do. Amen. So to all the moms, especially to the young mothers or to the mothers who are, are yet to be, amen, please know that our Heavenly Father is the one who graces you with the ability to do the job of a mother. I know sometimes that, and, and I obviously am a male, I've never been a mother, I've been a father, but, you know, I talk about this sometimes, you know, Pam and I were married very young, I was 20, she was 18, um, we waited five years to have children, and I don't know, man, life was just, I don't know, it was just, what's that, row, row, row your boat, life is but a dream, you know, life was just a dream, it, it was Pam and I just enjoying newlyweds for five years, and and I hear people sometimes say that when they get married, it's like that's when they kind of have that moment in life where they, you know, grow up or have that sense of responsibility. For me, it came the first time I held Bethany in my arms. Man, that's when, to, to use an expression of our, of our common day, that's when it got real up in here, right? That, that's, that's when I, woo, you know, 
Um, I guess Pam and I were such a team, I never really thought about, and of course we were dependent upon God, I never really thought that, oh, I have a dependent now, you know. I mean, we worked together at Chick-fil-A. I mean, it was like, you know, I was dependent upon her as much as she was me, and we were both dependent upon the Lord. But, man, when I held that little life in my arms, you know, and, and it was an overwhelming moment, I'm like, oh, God, can I do this, you know? And so I know what that feels like as a father. I'm not really exactly sure what it feels like as a mother, but I do know what it feels like to be told by the enemy that I'm not good enough, that I can't do it, that I'll never measure up, right, because he's a liar, and so in our own strength, we can do how much? In our own strength, we can do how much? Nothing is what the Bible says, right? But with Father's grace, with His gifts in our lives, we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. Amen? So my prayer for you mothers this morning on this day that is special for you is that you would mother with the grace of God. In other words, that you would allow His unearned, unmerited favor to equip you, to gift you, to grace you, to be able to fulfill the assignment for which He created you. That position, that, that unique role that only a mother can fill. Come on now. Well, I think us guys, amen, are you, are you with me on this one, men? I mean, it's, you know, I heard somebody say one time, thank God I don't have that rib anymore. Amen. Amen. In other words, he took that part of out, of, out of us and made a woman with it. Amen. And, and so thank God uh, for the ladies. The Bible speaks, you know, emphatically. I know that a lot of people misunderstand, misinterpret, and preach incorrectly from the passages. But the Bible makes it very clear that the husband, the father, is the head of the home. And again, the head is what often gets the acknowledgement, the recognition, the credit. It's so funny around here, man. We, Pam and I will work or you know, me and Pam and Rick and Marcos and Mom and Dad, you know, um, we'll work in the kitchen, make all that dressing for, for Thanksgiving. Everybody talks about, oh, man, Pastor Mark made such good dressing, right? You know, there are things that Pam and I will do. Sometimes she'll even do it. It's, it'll be her recipe and she'll do it. And my own mama will talk about Mark's soup or Mark's chili or this or that, you know what I'm saying? Um, see, that's the head, right? So here it is, ladies. Are you ready? If the father's are the head of the home, then the mothers are the heart. Amen. And again, our heart is something that perhaps the most diligent organ in our bodies, right? If it quits beating, we quit living physically. Behind the scenes, operating, functioning, beating, keeping everything about us alive, keeping everything about the home alive and going and moving forward, and yet many times does not get the credit and the recognition that it is due. So moms, thank you for what you bring, not just to your own family, but heritage is a much stronger community of faith and family of faith because of the moms that are here that make it up. Because of the desserts that you make, because of the babies that you take care of in the nursery, because of the things that you do and, and, and the efforts that you put forth. And um, we're certainly blessed with, with strong men and, and, and strong fathers and strong husbands here at Heritage, but we are equally blessed, if not even more so, with strong women and strong wives and strong mothers. And I am so, so thankful for you as the servant leader of this family of faith. Amen? Amen. All right, so I just kind of went through and cherry-picked my mom's comments, my Mother's Day comments out of that message. And so now we've got a few minutes left. If I could uh, speak to all of us. Is that, is that all right? I've never done it this way, but amen, it's the way I felt led to do it this morning. So let's go back. I've still got the passage on the screen. Let's go back to verse number 4 in Romans chapter 12. It says, For as we 
have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. I want to bring another verse up on the table this morning. It's a verse that I hope you're familiar with. If you've been, you know, had opportunity to come to Heritage over the last few weeks, we've looked at this verse many times. And it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. And it says this, Now, and, and I always try to emphasize the now, because it's not talking about something you will one day be. If you're born again, it's true of you right now. And he has to state this because, you know, it, it, it may not seem to be so. You understand what I mean by that? Um, I was listening to Brother Keith Moore yesterday doing some work out in the yard, and, and, um, and he was preaching out of, uh, out of Romans where the Bible talks about, you know, sin is no longer your master. And he said there's a really important reason why the Bible has to tell us that, because as born-again believers, sometimes it seems like, looks like, maybe even feels like sin still is our master. But he's letting us know, in spite of how it looks, seems, and feels, sin is not your master anymore. But, but we've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. And so because it's no longer our master, we're no longer slaves to sin. Come on now. We're no longer slaves to sin. That we have to, what, yield our instruments, our members, as servants to righteousness. So the reason he says now you are the body of Christ is because you may not feel like a member of the body of Christ. It may not seem like this is the case with you, but it is the case. It's the truth. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So if you take 1 Corinthians 12 and then Romans 12, these two verses, we see two very important truths. First of all, that you are a member of the body of Christ, members individually, and a member of the body of Christ, members of one another. Now, if... This seems oversimplified this morning. Take it up with the Holy Spirit because I really feel like this is exactly how He told me to address these things with us this morning. And it's basically a one, two, three. All right? So, first things first. Speaking to all of us now. The first thing that we need as born-again believers to accept, and there's a progression here, accept to be true, then believe, then embrace. There's a lot of things that people have accepted and say they believe, but they haven't really embraced it yet. Come on now. Right? You can accept that fasting is for today. You can believe that the Bible teaches about fasting, but it's another thing to embrace fasting. Right? Accept, believe, embrace. When you embrace something, this is when you make it your own. Let's say it that way. Okay? You, you, you say, okay, this is for me. This is not, this is not just for everybody but, or anybody or somebody, but it's for me body. It's for me. Amen. So again, first, the first thing you need to accept as a born-again believer, believe it, embrace it. The next word is internalize. Internalize. When you internalize something, this is when you go over and over again uh, this thing in your own heart, in your own mind. Sad enough, some of the things that we can maybe most relate to when it comes to internalizing 
are some of the perhaps negative or hurtful things that have happened to us in our lives. So if anybody ever offends you, back before our minds were renewed and we became spiritual men and women of God, amen? So I'm not talking, I, I, you, hear, you hear how I said that, right? Before we became mature men and women of God, we would perhaps have the tendency to internalize that by rehearsing that offense over and over and over in our minds. See, it's one thing for somebody to say something against you, somebody to do something that offends you or hurts you. It's another thing for you to embrace it. You realize you can just leave it on the outside of you and move on, right? You can forgive and move on. You can, you can act like it never happened and move on. And you're going to really, really, really frustrate the enemy because it took a lot of work on his part to set that whole situation up to bring offense to you. But you don't take the bait. You refuse to be offended and you move on. And thank God that's what we do now because of the maturity that Jesus has helped all of us to realize. But before we experienced that maturity, there was a tendency for us to embrace the offense and then internalize it. And by internalizing it, we made the offense our own. We took it. We accepted it. And then we began to rehearse it internally in our minds and every time we do we get more angry every time we do we we get more vengeful every time we do right then what happens that unforgiveness becomes a root of bitterness and the Bible says that through a root of bitterness now many people become defiled well what what happens when many people become defiled that's when you start telling other people about what she said about you that's when you start telling other people about how he treated you right so you, you accepted it, you believed it, you embraced it, you internalized it, right? <laughs> and then you begin to speak it out of your mouth. You begin to live by it and relate to other people according to that situation. That's a negative side of it. Sometimes I hate to go to the negative, but because a lot of times people have had more experience with the negative than they have with the positive, it's one way for us to relate to the truth. So now what we're talking about here is accepting that right now you are the body of Christ and a member of that body individually. Amen. Accepting that you are, believing that you are. One of the first things we do when we believe stuff is we need to start making a faith confession out of it, right? Now not everything that you confess by faith you, you have already embraced and internalized. This is a way for us to embrace it. Take no thought by saying. When we speak things out of our mouth, we embrace things, right? So we, we are taking the truth from the Word of God. Now you are the body of Christ. I'm accepting that I am. I'm believing that I am. I'm beginning to confess that I am because I believe that I am. I am embracing this. I am laying hold of this for myself. Amen? I am beginning to internalize it. Amen. Meaning, meaning what? Meaning sometimes when you go to bed at night, maybe you ought to lay down on that pillow, and as you drift off to sleep, you should rehearse over and over in your mind that you are a member of the body of Christ, that you are a member of Jesus' body, that He is the head and you are the body, that you have a valuable part in His body and an assignment to fulfill on planet Earth, that He has made you one with Him. And because He's one with God the Father and you've become one with Him, you've now become one with God the Father, seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Internalize this in your mind, rehearsing it over and over and over again in your mind. To meditate means to mutter to oneself under your breath. So you're muttering these things under your breath, internalizing them, ultimately renewing your mind to where now the natural thought is not that I'm an outsider, but that I am one with Christ. I am a member of His body, that I, am I have tremendous worth and value to Him and an important purpose for my life. Wow. 
Are you getting any of this? Now, so first of all, accept, believe, embrace, internalize, and renew your mind to this. You are the body of Christ now. You are one with Him and an individual member of His body. This makes you one with God. And then this leads us to the next thing. Because it makes you one with God, it also makes you one with all the other members of the body of Christ. So I said three things. First of all, now you are the body of Christ. Once you've accepted, believed, embraced, internalized, and renewed your mind to being the body of Christ, you then need to do it all over again. You need to accept, believe, embrace, internalize, and ultimately renew your mind to being members of one another. Individually members of one another. What does that mean? It means to renew your mind to the connection that exists between you and every other member of the body of Christ. Now please hear me. I've got a few minutes remaining. Let me try to get some of this covered if I could, please. First of all, your enemy never wants you to understand the depth of connection and relationship that you have with the other people in this room and the other members of the body of Christ. The relationship that you have and the connection that you have with the other people in this room, these are the relationships the devil fears the most and works the hardest to prevent from ever taking form or shape. If they have taken form or shape, he works really hard to weaken those relationships. And if possible, he wants to destroy them. If you take everything out of God's Word that has to do with the relationship of one kind or the other, there's not much left other than some table of contents and maps. The kingdom of God on planet earth exists by relationships and functions through those relationships. It's about a relationship with our Creator and the relationship that we now have with other people and those relationships, those communities strengthen through communion or fellowship, right? And the enemy knows that if he can weaken, keep from ever forming or strengthening the relationships, the connections that already exist because we're all in Christ and all members of the same body, he can undermine and weaken the effectiveness of the body and the fulfillment of our assignment. Please hear me. We need to think of our connection to and relationship with the other members of the body of Christ. I'm sorry, we tend to think, let me get this right now. Let me get away from my notes and just say it out of my heart, okay? My relationship with you is not like my relationship with other people on planet Earth. But we tend to view it that way. We tend to view and treat our connection to and relationship with other members of the body of Christ like we treat and look at relationships that we have with other people. This has to change. 
We are more than a group of people who gather together a few times a week to worship and learn. We are more than acquaintances. We are more than co-workers. We are more than friends and peers. We must begin to recognize and appreciate the difference between a social connection and a spiritual bond. This is the Word of the Lord for us this morning. This is exactly what He told me to tell you, straight from the Holy Spirit. He said we must begin to recognize and appreciate the difference between a social connection and a spiritual bond. We tend to treat one another like all we have is a social connection in this place a few times a week. My friend, my brother, my sister, we have so much more than social interaction. We have a spiritual bond forged by the blood of Jesus, by us all being born from His seed, and by us all drinking life from the same Holy Spirit. Oh, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. This is true. Amen? We often look to outward things that we have in common with people to determine our level of connectedness and potential for friendship. We tend to say things like this, oh, he's younger than me. Or she's older than me. We tend to allow outward differences to form wrong opinions, preconceived ideas about another person, thinking that because it doesn't seem look or feel like we have much in common with him or her, there's not much potential for friendship there. See, that's how, we, that's how the world does it, my friend. See, what you don't understand is that you have a bond with people in the body of Christ that you've never even met yet that is stronger than any bond you will ever have with someone outside of a commitment and a union from Christ. In Christ. Any outward and visible commonality we may have with another person is at best microscopic when compared to the inward and invisible oneness we have in Christ as individual members of Him and members of one another. The invisible bonds that connect us are internal and eternal and are far greater than any common hobby, past experience, or outward similarities we may share. This is what the Apostle Paul called the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. The unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Our connection with one another is not based upon the outward and shallow things of the flesh, but the depth and substance of the very Spirit of God living within us, uniting us and making us one with God and with one another. Amen. Singers and musicians, if you would come, please. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, anybody ever sing Kumbaya around the campfire, right? Just kind of got that feeling right now. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Listen to me, please. When you and I were born again, Father God, by the Holy Spirit, applying the completed work of Jesus, transformed us in our innermost being in ways that we will still be understanding a thousand, ten thousand years from now. Notice I said still be understanding what has already happened. Because we have not been correctly taught in the body of Christ over many generations, there are people who have this idea that the Christian life is about trying really hard to become something you're not. That is not the Christian life. That is not what Jesus bled to death naked on a cross for us to have experience and enjoy on planet earth. The Christian life is about discovering who you became the day you became a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's why the Bible says things like, now you are the body of Christ. The Bible has to say this because if we just look at sometimes how disjointed we are, if we sometimes look at how some disagreeable we can be, when we look at the body of Christ and all the divisions and denominations and different beliefs that separate and prevent you know, us operate. You know, it's very easy for us to say, man, there's no way that they're the body of Christ. You mean they believe you, you can't do this or you can't that or they're the only ones going. There's no way they're the body of Christ. And, you know, and we, because again, outwardly, it doesn't look that way. But if we could pull this flesh back and see into the inward man, we would see. We, we even say this sometimes, like, you know, when people allow... Uh, different ethnicity or races to separate and divide. But my, my, if a, if a Hispanic man needs a, a lung from an African-American man, or a, a, you follow what I'm saying? In other words, we, well, you know, the organs are all the same color. You know, we, we say that, right? But if we, could, if we could, all the denominations could somehow just pull back and let everybody see their born-again spirits, you would see that it's not just that we're all the same color, it's that we're all one. We're all the same we're all the same. Now, some folks have accepted, believed, embraced, internalized, and renewed their minds to that. Some folks haven't. I want us to be amongst the ones who have. Amen? That we are first and foremost members of His body. You'll, you'll never understand members of one another until you understand you're a member of Him. Because what makes me one with you is that we're both one with Him. Amen. But as our minds are renewed to this, it'll transform the way we understand, love, appreciate, respect one another, and it'll create the freedom for every person in this room. I'll go ahead and tell you what number three is. The next thing, the number three is, you've got to answer this question. What's your function? What's your function? You've got to know that you're a member of the body. You've got to know that you're one with all the other members of the body. And then you've got to understand that like a body, every member has its function. What's yours? What's yours? Stand with me, praise God. Stand with me, praise God. Hard to stop. But it's Mother's Day, and so we're going to stop. Thank you, Jesus. Are you getting anything out of this? Are you accepting this message? Are you embracing this message? Do you believe it? Are you going to internalize it? Are you going to let the Holy Spirit help you renew your mind to it? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for the men and women in this room. Lord, from the youngest among us to the eldest among us and everybody in between. Father, I thank you that you're revealing truth to us in ways, Father, perhaps that we've never understood it or received it before. 
Thank you, Father, that you're helping us understand the depth of connection and relationship that already exists. Lord, people in here that may not even know one another's names, and yet there is a deeper connectedness between their hearts than some of their unsaved loved ones that they're fixing to go have lunch with. And yet, Father, we grew up with them, our cousins, whatever. So, Father, thank you for helping us see these things. Father, I believe that your word to us, your word to us this morning is one that's for such a time as this, as we continue to grow and answer your upward call upon this family of faith. Father, thank you for good things and for a beautiful, beautiful afternoon with our moms. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask them to lead us.